This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Stinkin' Truth Podcast is presented by Core Water. He spent 12 years in the NFL. You can't trust a guy that gyrates his hips after he scores. Has three Super Bowl rings, made multiple Pro Bowl appearances, over 16 years of broadcasting between ESPN and Fox Sports. And that's why I'm the greatest football player and best sports analyst ever. He's a soap opera star. That's pretty, uh... I can't remember what I was supposed to say. <laughs> As a reoccurring role on HBO Ballers. Mark Slareth, handsome son bitch, get out here. And makes one hell of a bowl of green chili. It's Mark Slareth, and this is the Stinkin' Truth Podcast. Hey, welcome into the Stinkin' Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Slareth, along with uh, our producer, Scott DeHuff, who's out with a little hip surgery. We've had a really tough time here on the uh, Stinkin' Truth Podcast. Mike Evans, my co-host, who had the heart surgery, open heart surgery, he was out for a while. It's great to have him back. But now you and I are doing this without our uh, fearless producer, Scott DeHuff. Without our rock. Yeah, without our rock. The guy that's just solid. Laid up. Laid up. Bad hip. Really bad hip. Really, really bad hip. Hope he doesn't get a yeast infection. <laughs> um, anyhow, um, Sticky Truth Podcast brought to you by, you know, brought to you by our our, our title sponsor, which is uh, our presenting sponsor, Core Water, perfectly balanced pH 7.4, matches your body's pH. And I'm telling you what, keep you hydrated. I love this stuff. I take it to the gym every day. One, I like the design of the bottle. What do you call that? Ergonomically designed? Like, it, it fits in your hand. Just fits in your hand. Of course, I got big, meaty man hands, so. Well, you know, hey, me with my little sausage fingers, you know, it fits right. in my hand. That's the that's the real challenge. Blue cap on top, core water. I'm telling you what, it's perfect for hydration. Big mouth bottle. Here's the other thing I like about core water. It's got the big, wide mouth bottle so that you can open it up and pour your protein powder in there. You know the little bottles, like you, you travel, you know, you get the little bottle. Like I'll travel with this bottle and empty it and take it on the road with me, and then I've got it, fill it up with water, throw some protein powder in there, boom. It's my own little mixer. <laughs> Doesn't get any better than that. That's uh, my friends at Core Water. Check them out. So, Mike, uh, start of the season, man. It's it's here, right? It's it's, it's exciting. exciting. It's exciting, and guys are getting paid, right? And you, as a former player. Who always gets upset? I mean, you 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 feel like NFL players are like indentured servants to uh, to NFL owners. You got to be ecstatic to see mm-hmm. the deals that Aaron Donald and Khalil Mack got. I, I really am. I mean, one, you know, I've always thought that Aaron Donald. Well, I've just thought that Aaron Donald is the best football player in the National Football League, bar none. I just think he's the best player. You know, and then I'll get a lot of people that come at me with, "What, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers? Come on." They play quarterback. They don't play football. 
Like, there was a day when quarterbacks, like when John Elway came in a league and you used to get the tar beat out, you just get pummeled, you know, and there were no rules for you can't. You see the rules now where you can't land with your any of your body weight on the quarterback. Like, you're supposed to hit him, and then you're supposed to, when you get him in the air, you're supposed to spin and land on your back. Like, that's what they want you to do with the quarterbacks now. It's like, protect the commodity. It's like, uh, you ever see, you remember the movie? You remember the movie, um, Oh, gosh. Uh, Little Giants. Remember that movie? Sure. Little Giants, the icebox. Remember icebox? And the little kid, they, they, his mom put him in, like, bubble paper, like the bubble wrap, right? He was, like, like a big snot bubble coming out of his nose and wrapped him up in mattresses or, like... Uh, that's how they treat the quarterbacks now. So I like quarterbacks. Yeah, you got to have one. Yeah, they're the most important position. Yeah, yeah. I, they're not football players. They're quarterbacks. They're they're a different category. Aaron Donald's the best football player in the National Football League. Uh, elite level quickness, elite level speed, elite level power, elite level change of direction. You know, it's six one two eighty five. I mean, he is yeah, that guy. I mean, you put him on film, man. It's like he's got a rocket strapped up his ass. I mean, he just explodes off the ball and just absolutely crushes, pummels people. It'd be really cool to see him and Indomitian and Sue side by side for the Rams and how they put that whole thing together out there in Los Angeles under uh, the two of uh, defense coordinator Wade Phillips, but really excited to see him get his deal. Really thought it was imperative for the Rams because they paid everybody in the offseason, right? They went out and got a keep to leave from Denver. They went out and got Marcus Peters from, from the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, they went out and got Indomitian Sioux from Miami. I mean, they've got all these other guys that they invested big money in, huge money in these guys from other organizations. And if you don't pay your guys internally, you don't pay the guys that everybody knows is the best player in football, and you're like, well, wait, whoa, 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 you're spending all this money here, there, and everywhere, and you're not going to take care of our guy? Like, that's a bad, that's a bad precedent inside that locker room to set. So I'm sure all those guys, I mean, they couldn't have been happier because Aaron Donald deserves it because he is that good. But he gets the money, he gets the deal, but. If you look at the success or failure of the Rams this year, and they got Super Bowl aspirations, they should. But does Donald have to be their best player in order for that to happen? Or does it have to be Jared Goff? Does it have to be Todd Gurley? Mm. Who has to be the the best player? Because you could find some examples of teams where, you know, arguably they won a Super Bowl because they had this great defensive player. We saw it here in Denver with Vaughn Miller and the Broncos a couple of years ago when they carried Peyton Manning across the finish right. line. But that We saw it in Seattle in 2013 when it was the Legion of Boom and that defense that really, really you know, took the Seattle Seahawks to the next level and they won a Super Bowl over Peyton Manning and the Denver okay, Broncos. Okay, so you don't think that the, the Rams are somehow trying to buck history here by making Aaron Donald, you know, well, at least for a short time, the highest paid defensive player ever. Right. Uh, no, I don't. I don't look at it that way at all. I think, I think they're taking care of one of their guys, and they can do that in Los Angeles because why? Because their quarterback's on a rookie deal, so they can sit there and say, "Let's invest the money. We've got a quarterback on a rookie deal. Let's get our guys paid. Let's build." On paper, and again, this is on paper, and as I always say, if the games were played on paper, I'd have spent a lot less time on the operating table. They're not, but you look at the immense talent that they have amassed on the defensive side of the ball, I mean, it is, it's ridiculous. And so can you carry that? 
Like I don't think I don't think it says, well, you know, we're just we're just like we're just gonna ride our defense. I think the bottom line is they still have offensive like they still have some offensive prowess. Their their quarterback played really well under Sean McVay. Todd Gurley is a legit big time threat, not only running the ball, but obviously catching the ball. They had guys like Cooper Cup who came in and played really well as a rookie kind of slot guy. I mean they've got they've got players. Rams gotta be the team to beat now in the NFC, right? Again, chemistry chemistry's important. Like I told you this, man, meeting with Sean McVay at 34 years old or whatever, just thinking, coming out of that meeting going, one of the most dynamic people I've ever had a chance to talk to, thinking to myself, I'm a loser and I've accomplished nothing in my life. Uh, that That's I mean, that's how he made me feel. What a jerk. Anyhow, um, but he's got that kind of dynamic nature to him. And, and, I, and the other thing that was interesting about him is like in Denver here, you know, they didn't want to play. Uh, they didn't want to pay Wade Phillips because Wade Phillips was, you know, commanding what he had done with the defense here in Denver. They didn't want to. They didn't want to pay Wade Phillips because they're like, well, we don't want to make him the highest paid coordinator in football. And Sean McVay was like, oh, he was the first guy I reached out to. Like, why would I not want? I'm 34 years old. He's coached for 40 years in the NFL. Like the, you know, it's the old smartest guy in the room kind of scenario. The smartest guy in the room knows that he's not the smartest guy in the room, right? And Sean was like, why would I not want that that coaching experience? Why would I not? He's been a head coach in Buffalo. He's been a head coach in Denver. I need to lean on that guy and say, am I doing this right? How should I approach this situation? He's been there. And he's got this great approach. I always said this about Wade when he was here. I mean, he's got this kind of avuncular nature. That the the avuncular avuncular you throw big words at like favorite uncle Ah. avuncular it's a big word it's a good word Idaho Idaho educated I'm telling you what there's a lot of guys that can't get in (laughs) a lot of guys playing the NFL hey you know what you're not you're not gonna make it here you might want to go to Alabama instead (laughs) same same type of talent level Idaho Alabama. One, Harvard Northwest. The other is Alabama. That's right. Um, but Wade has just got that. He's got that ability to connect. That's why I always think it's such bullshit, Mike, when people are like, well, you got to have a young coach because a young coach uh, can, can can connect with the millennial generation. And, and No. Like, you either have the ability to communicate or you don't. Like, have you ever seen, you were here covering the Broncos when Wade was here, you ever seen anybody more connected to his players than old-ass Wade Phillips? Like, he was completely, they just gravitated toward the guy. They would run through a wall for the guy. Well, I mean, and it was, was, you know, that's a whole other issue. The, The ego of John Elway was such that, you know, well, we don't need to pay him that kind of money. It's, you know, we can get somebody else, elevate somebody else, and he'll be just fine. Can I give you credit? You said something brilliant here in the last five minutes. Whoa, please do. Because you don't know I, what it, it is? Doesn't, no, it doesn't happen very often. <laughs> but does, You don't know what it is? But yeah, go ahead. Because all I've heard is John Gruden getting ripped for letting Khalil Mack go. Uh-huh. And really, you just let him go. I mean, yeah, I get two first round picks, but come on, anybody who knows the nature of the draft, the hit or miss nature of the draft knows that, you know, just because you have two first round picks, it doesn't guarantee you anything. But. The way you laid out why the Aaron Donald signing made sense for the Rams was because they've got Jared Goff on a, on a rookie deal. The Bears. Why were the Bears so willing and so able to pony right. up the monster deal for Khalil Mack? It's because they got Mitchell Trubisky on a, on a rookie mm-hmm. deal. The Raiders don't. They're right. paying Derek Carr $25 million salary cap hit per year. 
You can't carry two players like that. You can't have the one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the league and also have the highest paid defensive player in the league. John Gruden and the Raiders had no choice but to do what they did because if forced to choose between one or the other, you got to go with the quarterback, right? Right. They already paid the quarterback. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's kind of the way the league works now. I mean, you think about uh, people were like just flabbergasted by the amount of money that both Donald and and uh, Khalil Mack got. But when you go back, there is a chart that was floating around the internet this weekend about percentages of salary cap. And percentage of salary cap, they fit right in. J.J. Watt, actually, when he signed his $100 million deal, he had the most salary cap. He eaten up the most salary cap for a defensive player a player at that time. And it was like 12.8 or 12.9%. Like Khalil Mack and, and both Aaron Donald right in the 12% kind of range. And and which is and, and Vaughn Miller was in that range too on the roster. But when you start to think about um, the cap keeps going up, so at that particular time they fit right into that you know eleven to twelve percent of the cap for the that star kind of difference making defensive player. But when you think about it, I mean look at it. When Vaughn Miller signed his monstrous deal in Denver, Denver didn't have a quarterback. They didn't have anybody they were paying. When J.J. Uh, Watt signed it in Houston. They didn't have a quarterback. They didn't have anybody they were playing. When Aaron Donald signs it just recently here in Los Angeles, they don't have a quarterback they're paying. And the Raiders had already paid their quarterback. And he's eating up, you know, 10 12% of the cap, right? So can you really afford in today's NFL 25% of your cap tied up in two players? For a team that went 6-10 and 10 last year with those two players. Right. And... Listen, Mitchell Trubisky hasn't signed that big deal, so they can do that. Now, I, I do believe that we overvalue first rounders in you know, like we over overvalue draft picks in general in today's NFL. But why why do they have so much value? Let's be honest. Because you fleece the players in the last in the last collective bargaining agreement. You got them like you knew this is why they're smarter than us. You knew that we have a certain amount of vitriol toward young players. Like, young players get you fired. Young players can't play. And so when you say, well, give us a rookie wage scale. Like, all the, all the, the, the representatives, you know, all the guys that represent for each team, the Players Association are all vested veterans, right? They're all seven, eight years into it. What do they care if the rookie is under contract for four or five years? Like, I don't care. Like, I just want mine. And so they were like, yeah, sure, put the rookie wage scale. So you mean to tell me that after two seasons in the league or three seasons in the league, you don't know if a guy can play or not? Give me a break. Like, you know exactly. You know whether the guy can play or not. Now you've got him locked up if he's a first-rounder for five years, if he's a second-rounder or less for four years, that you've got him locked on this rookie wage scale. You know after two years whether the guy can play or not, whether you're going to pay him, you know, if he, if he stays healthy, you know. I just, it's like, it's ridiculous. The whole thing is ridiculous. You don't know? Hmm. I don't know. Khalil Mack, he was all pro at two different positions. He's been a pro bowl ever since he walked in the league, but we're not quite sure yet. You mean after year three you didn't know? 
Like you couldn't have got, you couldn't have saved a hell of a lot of money and kept him as a Raider year three just by ripping up that contract and saying, I know you got two years left under the rookie wage deal, but here's what we're going to do for you. We're going to make you, you know, the the highest paid guy and knowing that it's going to get usurped four different times from now. Like I, it, the whole thing is the whole thing is an absolute joke. Um, and come on, do you really think if you're the Raiders that you're going to get a player of his caliber with either the two first rounders you get from the Bears? Come on. So what does it mean for the Raiders? John Gruden's return. It was one of the big stories of the off season. All right. kinds of excitement. Uh, all kinds of optimism. Chucky's back. What do you see right now? I mean, I see a team that's going to be lucky to win five games. Right. I I think I, here's the deal. Once you've paid your quarterback, I think you make a decision. We're we're either gonna, we're going to outscore people, or we're just not going to be very good. Like y- you make your decision. I think the way, and this is the brilliance of the NFL. Like there's a lot of things I'll complain about with the NFL. And, and rightfully so. You know, the knee-jerk reaction to rule changes. And, you know, we can go on and on and on with all the stupid things the NFL does. And and they do. And they do a lot of things that are just like head-scratching things. But when it comes to the business model of parity, for instance, we know right now who's going to win the NBA championship, or at least who's going to be playing in it. It's September. We know. Why have the regular season? It'll be the Warriors in the end. Like, we know that. In the NFL... Right now, everybody's got a chance. And the parity aspect of this in the NFL is that is that once you start paying those guys, you have to make a decision. Are we going to be an offensive football team? Or are we going to be a defensive football team? And we're going to put our money, we're going to invest because we can't actually be balanced. When you have no quarterback, he's on a rookie wage scale, you can balance it out. When you have your quarterback signed, you know, it's Mike. I've got a quarterback that's going to overcome some of the, like the New England Patriots. Hey, we got Tom Brady. Do we need to invest in wide receivers and running backs? And nah, we'll just get a bunch of guys. We got our quarterback. We're good. Let's put some money over here. And you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, or let's try to put equal money on both and, and have really good coaching and, and good players, but not elite level players. We're not going to overpay, you know, a bunch of wide receivers. See, here's the deal. And, and, and you know what? Let's make this. Here's what's on tap. Brought to you by my good friends over at Budweiser. I love the guys at Budweiser. Check out their team labeled cans. Have you seen these things? You know, the cans? Really, really cool. And they've got the aluminum bottles, too, with the team logos on them. The logo cans are really cool. Pick yourself some up at your local, whoever sells your bud. Everybody sells Can I tell you something? True story? Yeah. So after having heart surgery, you know, understandably, I'm like coming back slow. Right. Eating right, everything. I'm like, Uh it's time for my first beer. And it wasn't going to be just any other beer. Right. My first beer after heart surgery, ice cold Budweiser. Really? It tasted so good. Did you have it while you were watching your kids mow your lawn? I did. Yeah? Yes. Sat back, lounge chair. Keep those lens straight, boys. Let's go. Daddy's having a beer. Check that bag. I mm-hmm. see some clippings dropping out. Let's go. Let's go. But here's what I love about this time of year. You know, speaking of what's on tap, is is uh, Hope Springs Eternal right now. Like, everybody and their brother's uncle looks at, like, you could look. You're the Cleveland Browns right now. You know what you're doing? 
you're looking at your roster going, this roster's pretty damn good, right? Like, I could totally see this team going from 1-15 and 15 or 0-16 and 1-15 and 15 the year before. I could see them winning eight games. And if you can win eight games, you know what? A couple of good bounces away from nine. One good coaching decision away from ten wins. <laughs> Championship. <laughs> you know? Like, it's right now everybody feels that way. And then it, it just comes, you know, and then your the reality sinks in when your team comes out and lays an egg and gets their ass whooped. You're like, all right, it's going to be a long year. But, um, but this is kind of the last... Weekend, maybe, maybe even if you drop one early, you're like, well, it's still kind of an extended preseason. So, you know, the first three weeks of the season, let's call it the first three weeks. You're kind of you're hopeful right now. Like we could get this thing together. We got enough talent to win. You know, it'll be a playoff team, right? But arguably, how many teams do you think have a legitimate shot of making it to the Super Bowl? Not winning the Super Bowl, making it to the Super Bowl. Because you're right, your NBA comparison. It's probably only about what? Right. Three, four teams mm-hmm. max that you could see making it to the NBA Finals. But right. You start looking around the NFL. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're looking at least half a dozen, right? Well, I Six mean. Six to eight? Right. Oh, maybe. Yeah, maybe more than that. So, you know. All right. So, let me just go through it. AFC East, New England, obviously. The rest of the teams in that division, no. No. Okay. In the AFC North, Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. Baltimore is always a team. I don't think, mm. but that's he, a bit of a stretch. I, I, let's just stay, stick with Pittsburgh. Okay, but they could they get in the playoffs? Oh yeah, Pitt, oh no. Okay, I, yeah. so I think if, if if this is the AFC, if you get in the playoffs, one thing that the New England one team New England's always struggled with, they always struggle with Baltimore. Right. So they're a team that that I look at and say interesting. Jacksonville was. Should have been in the Super Bowl. Should have been in the Super Bowl. So they're a team. That's hard to say, right? I I look at them now differently. Right. All right. And then and then you got the the uh, Chargers. I think the Chargers are a team that people look at like with legitimate chances. So that's one. And there's four, and I'll even add another team. Okay. Well, maybe two teams. Houston, if Deshaun Watson picks okay. up where he left off. And with Kansas, their defense healthy? With their defense, okay. Hopkins. And Kansas City, if, if Patrick Mahomes is indeed the real deal. Yeah, but you're talking about winning playoff games, Mike. Kansas City doesn't win playoff games. Good point. <laughs> you're so silly. So make that five, five in the AFC. Five. We're eliminated. We just eliminated Kansas City. Oh, Come you're going to get Chief fans. Um, Philly, you got to give you got to give a chance to sure. the defending champion. I don't know about Dallas. No. Washington, no. Uh, Giants, no. Giants, no. Okay, um, and then in, in the North, Minnesota and Green Bay, right? Yep. So what is that now? That's eight. We, we got eight. Atlanta, Carolina, and New Orleans. All three of them. All right, you're a little higher on Carolina than I am, but okay, up, up. You know, yeah. So now you're up to ten, eleven, and then Los Angeles may be the favorite. Right. You had a dozen teams right there. Right. That have a legitimate, like, Super Bowl aspirations, legitimate. Now, some of them less legitimate than others, but, like, there's, okay, so let's call it four or eight legitimate teams and then four, I could see it, teams. 
Like that's pretty that's pretty impressive when you talk about the NBA and you go, okay, the Western Conference Finals is gonna be Golden State and Houston, and the Eastern Conference Finals is gonna be the Celtics with whoever else happens to show up. That's pretty much it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean Yeah. We just figured out the regular season. Let the playoffs begin. But you're right. It's here. I I love the offseason. The NFL offseason is the most interesting from the draft to free agency to, you know, heck, even the release of the schedule is an event. But as good of an offseason it's been, I'm ready to get it started. I am too. I am too, man. Let you know what? Let's let the season roll. It's really exciting. Like I said, hope springs eternal. And man, I tell you what, um, let the money flow and let the games begin. That's what it's all about for everybody involved in the Stinking Truth podcast. For my partner Mike Evans, for my producer Scott the Huff. Um, thank you so much to our presenting sponsor Core Water and also a new sponsor here Budweiser for jumping on the program. Until next week or until later on this week, actually. Um, thanks for listening and uh, make sure uh, you share it with all your friends, especially if you love it. If you hate it, uh, tell no one. Thanks for the Stinking Truth podcast. We'll talk to you. In, I don't know. Then a day or two. All right. Bye.